Emily. Um, as Marian said, I am the student ministry coordinator um, for Roswell United Methodist Church. And as part of my job, it was my privilege to be a part of something incredible this last weekend. Um, we had 17 middle and high school students, um, girls, come together for the very first Breathe Retreat. Roswell Student Ministries, our mission, um, we exist to build community, to lead students to encounter Jesus Christ and respond with their lives. And we had three seniors who understood the assignment, as they say, when it comes to building community. Several months ago, way back in the fall semester, um, these girls came together and said, what do we do? Um, they felt this kind of ripple effect that, that we've seen in our ministries um, from, from COVID. I know we're all kind of tired of talking about it, but you just see these ripple effects of how community was, how we built community was disjunct for a moment, and how piecing that back together has just taken time. And so these girls came together and said, what do we do? And, and they took action, and the Breathe Retreat was born. This retreat was specifically for girls, created by girls of the same age. Um, they wanted to sit within their own community and build something for the peers that they spend time with week after week, month after month, each school year, um, year after year. And over the last 24 hours, these girls have prayed together They've worshipped together, we've shared meals together, conversations together, they even took on the Avalon, and they ran around um, looking for my mom and pretending to be water fountains, among other things. Um, and so we have a short highlight reel just to kind of give you a picture of what the last 24 hours has been like. I found life and I found laughter In forgiveness I found rest On the shoulders of redemption I found hope when hope was dead I could lose it in a moment So I dare not close my eyes Or watch fear fall with the sunset And see hope rise with the tide These troubles prove that I'm alive My eyes are open, my heart is beating My lungs are full and my body's breathing I'm moving forward, I found my freedom I found the life that gave me reason to live on 
snapshots of what the 20, last 24 hours have, have been like, um, that and, and so much more. Um, we've packed so much into this, this, this time together, um, and so uh, really happy you got to see that. Um, the, the word breathe, it wasn't just a theme. This was a very intentional um, idea, um, a pause, if you will, to, to just breathe together. It was a a state of being. And so we started uh, our sessions with a breathing exercise. And so the very first session, uh, we did something called a box breath, which some of you might be familiar with. And if you're not, we're going to do it together. Um, So um, as with any breathing exercises, first prepare yourself. So if, if you wouldn't mind putting both feet on the floor, uncross your legs, sit back, if you feel comfortable, you can close uh, your eyes, or as uh, one of our speakers said, use soft eyes where you just find a focus point um, on the floor and just sit in the moment for a second. And a box breath is five breaths in, hold for five, exhale for five, hold for five, as if you're creating a box. And so together, we're going to inhale for five. I'll count. You just focus on breathing. So inhale, one, two, Three, four, five, hold. Two, three, four, five, exhale. Two, three, four, five, hold. Two, three, four, five. One more time. Inhale. One, two, three, four, five, hold. Two, three, Four, five, exhale. Two, three, four, five, hold. Two, three, four, five. Now you're welcome to join me back in the moment. Welcome. So now that we're all here in this moment together, I want to talk a little bit about breath. 
Everything begins with breath. Our very life begins with breath. At the very start of creation, Adam was just a hunk of dirt. It wasn't even Adam yet until the Lord breathed the breath of life into him and he became a creation. Breathing is essential to sustaining life. In CPR, if any of you have ever taken a CPR class, um, before you even get to the CPR part, if you see someone in distress, what's the, one of the first things you do? Check to make sure they're breathing, right? It's in idiosyncrasies throughout our, our vernacular. If someone is super stressed out, you tell them to take a breath. If someone is getting caught up in their day-to-day life and they need to pause for a moment, you tell them to stop and smell the roses. If someone, a person, is full of life, full of energy, this kind of intangible thing about them, you might call them uh, a breath of fresh air. Um, Or if, you know, someone passes out, give them air. Even the very most experienced free divers, people that dive just with goggles and no apparatus, um, even the best free drivers eventually have to come up for air. And you may be surprised that, you know, breathing is something that's so intrinsic to who we are. It's, it's our very life, and luckily our bodies do it for us. Um, but there's a way for breathing to get out of whack. Um, and not just with illness. There are illnesses that affect breathing, but also there's things in our day-to-day life. In 2015, um, I was in between college experiences and decided to go back to school. And I wanted to be a high school choir teacher. Uh, My dream was to build spaces in uh, high schools uh, where students could come and find a sense of belonging, a, a safe landing zone, a place to take a breath, if you will. And... The only problem with that, which I learned, was to get into a music program, you have to audition in front of people. And up to that point, I had never sung a solo in my life. (laughs) So it was a little bit of a problem. But fortunately, my stubbornness outweighed my fear, as it often does. My mom will tell you that a herd of wild horses can't stop me when I put my mind to something. And so I said, okay, we'll start preparing. So started preparing audition pieces, what that would look like, ran into some obstacles, um, but eventually got an audition in spring of 2016 for the, um, sorry, spring of 2017 for the fall semester. And I was getting ready to go. I hadn't practiced in front of anybody, which probably would have helped. Um, But I got on the stage for my audition. And I wouldn't say it went horribly, but it didn't go great either. Um, my breath. It was like the air was sucked out of the room. And my voice, like I had prepared this piece, but I was gasping for breath in all the wrong places. And no matter how big of a breath I took, it just, I couldn't seem to get on top of, of the song, on top of my breath. Fortunately, uh, the faculty at the University of West Georgia saw something in that very baby singer of me and said, you're accepted, we'll take you. 
And I started working with the voice faculty there um, over the course of the next four years, eight semesters. And as much as it was about learning how to make sound through your vocal cords, it was just as much, if not more, about breath management. Because you can't make noise, singing, speaking, without breath. And there were some key lessons that I learned in this experience about breath that wove themselves into what was going on in my life at the time, what the Lord had been working on um, in me. And there were things that, you know, baggage and stuff. We talked about baggage last night with Rachel. There was all the stuff that I had brought into this experience that was having every bit of of an effect on my breath and my ability to perform in front of people, to present what I had worked on. And I saw these parallels in my life of how it wasn't just about voice anymore, it was about finding a voice to just communicate to people, to um, find who I was and whose I was. So the first lesson I learned was to let go. I came in with so much tension. Uh, tension in my throat. Uh, I was holding all the notes right here instead of supporting them with breath. Um, And something else that um, I had to work through in my brain was growing up, um, I kind of a common phrase that I heard all the time was stomach in, chest out. Stomach in, chest out. It was this kind of intergenerational thing I think that had been passed on year after year. And the the point behind that wasn't malicious. I mean, uh, it was... Stand with confidence, stand firm, stand assured. But in my brain, with what was going on at the time with self-confidence issues, all I heard a lot of the time was, make yourself smaller, tuck yourself in, don't take up space. And so when I went to sing, this, this pressure that was on me was counterintuitive to the faculties, the, the process of breathing. Um, just to kind of describe it, a lot of people think that your lungs do all the work. They don't. It's a, a, a partnership. It's a, a group activity, if you will. So if anybody has taken an anatomy class, you have something called the diaphragm, which is shaped kind of like this, and it sits under your lungs. And then enclosing your lungs is your rib cage. And when you inhale, your diaphragm contracts downward, and your ribs outward. And this action of the diaphragm going down and the ribs going out creates space for the lungs to take in air. And then when you exhale, the diaphragm relaxes, the ribs relax, and it releases air out of your lungs. So for someone who was very self-conscious um, and all very self-aware of my stomach and what it looked like in dresses and shirts and um, in every clothing I wore, bathing suit, all this stuff. I was constantly tucking my stomach in. And while you need core support for breathing in a more complicated explanation, what I was doing was holding space where my diaphragm couldn't have room because I had to relax my stomach. And relaxing my stomach meant letting it stick out a little more. And as a woman, that seems very not fun. (laughs) Like, I don't want to look weird on stage, especially when I'm in front of all my peers. 
who at that point were a lot younger than me, and, and these people I didn't know, and I was really, really self-conscious. So the very first lesson I had to learn was to relax, to let go, to let my stomach drop so that my diaphragm could have space to do what it needs to do. If you ever see babies breathe, they don't, their chest doesn't rise and fall. It's their stomach that rises and falls. It's the natural way. Now, when you take a really big breath, your chest will catch up. I can take a deep breath right now. Put myself on stage. Let's do it. Okay. So, If I take a deep breath, it goes into my stomach. My stomach drops, not my chest. If I do that, I'm not getting enough air. I have to relax and drop my stomach. So I had to get rid of these anxieties, these voices in my head that were like, that doesn't look good. You don't look good. You're going to look too big on stage. So that I could sing. So I could give my breath and my voice space to sing. Lesson two that I learned was the importance of a rest and a breath. And sometimes you have to plan for it. So one of the very first things, uh, every semester I got a new set of repertoire, three to five songs that I would have to prepare for the end of the semester to perform in front of the voice faculty um, to get my grade for the semester. And it was make or break, grade, pass, fail, nowhere in between. So you spent your whole semester getting ready for these. And one of the very first things you do when you get a new piece of repertoire is decide where and when you're going to breathe. Sometimes composers will give that for you. They'll put a rest in there, and you'll be like, oh, that's obvious. I'm not singing there. I'm going to breathe. But some composers, especially in um, older pieces um, where it's not notated as well, um, you have to decide within the phrase that you're singing, the sentence in the song, where you're going to breathe, where it's the most logical. And... Uh, in life, right, this, this breathe retreat is what we would consider a composer-given rest, a designated time where you can stop and breathe. But how often do we get those, right? What's more important, what's crucially important, is that amid long passages of crazy days, weeks that roll into each other, months that roll into each other, especially spring semester. Something about spring, you're just going from one thing to the next and just trying to keep your head above water. Um, you have to plan ahead for where those breath marks are going to be, as if your life depends on it. Because it does. If you don't plan your breath <laughs> in music when you're singing and you try to sing a long passage, plenty of people that can sing long passages, but just like the deep divers, everybody has to breathe at some point. And if you don't plan your breaths ahead of time, when you're going to sing, your body's going to eventually do it for you. And it may not be in the most convenient spot. If you don't pause your life, spend time in the words, spend time in worship, your body your, your way of living is going to press those brakes for you. Something's going to happen that is going to make you take a pause. Illness. 
mental illness. Your body wants to survive. That's how it's created. God designed us so beautifully that our bodies will try to do everything it can to keep us alive. So, we want to plan ahead. And this weekend, like I said, was a, was a breath given. About a decade ago, um, Louis Giglio, a well-known name, uh, he had a quote, a tweet, uh, that worship is simply giving God his breath back. So if breath starts from the creator, if, our, if we inhale the breath of life, and then our worship is giving that breath back to him, then our very being, our very way of existing as humans is in worship. Every part of us is a call and response to and from the creator to his creation and back. And it's, it's on our humanness, our, these, these things that come up that we're trying to hold on to that give us anxiety, these inner voices that disrupt this flow which was designed to be so natural, as easy as breathing. Breathing should be easy, and our way of existing should be easy, this, this back and forth. Our bodies keep us sometimes from being able to you know, relax our stomachs and do all these things. Sometimes it's external. We had a global pandemic that went straight for what? Our breath. We had people we knew, people we didn't know that were on respirators fighting for their very breath of life. And at the same time, those of us that were lucky enough to be healthy were all of a sudden ripped away from our communities. The things that were every day, being able to go to school and see our friends, being able to get coffee at Thousand Hills, was stopped. That, that time in our lives attacked two of the, the core of who we are, our breath and our community, and our ability to just do life with each other. It just seems a little ironic to me. But my mom always says, there's no such thing as a coincidence. I remember what it felt like when my breath finally started to come, when I finally started to release these things and be able to fully lean into this voice that um, I was given. And it wasn't in my repertoire. It was in my worship. I was very privileged to be able to be mentored. I, I was mentored by a pastor and his wife as a, as a worship leader. And I remember being in those worship spaces and I was trying to figure all this stuff out with my school while also trying to figure out what it meant to be a worship leader and to lead others to the foot of the cross. And this, this feeling, once I was letting go of this tension and 
being smart about, uh, about music and how that worked, um, this freedom of expression, returning this gift back to the one who gave it, was just incredible. And so my sort of challenge as we wrap up together is um, we're going to do another breathing exercise and then go into a song of worship, a, a, a response, if you will. And my challenge is that after we breathe together and we center into worship together again, is that you sing with full voice, that you don't care about who's next to you, that you don't care about what your stomach's doing, (laughs) that you just let go and you return this breath back to the one who gave it to you. And you sit in this moment together because truthfully, the past is gone. The future's not here yet. All we have is this breath, this moment, this pause, this rest together on Sunday morning. I don't even know what date it is. In Chapel Roswell to sit and worship our creator together. So to prepare for this breath exercise, I'm going to invite you to stand this time. And as everybody stands, plant your feet firmly. And we're going to let the sound of movement settle. And again, I'm going to ask you if you're comfortable to close your eyes or soft eyes. Feel your feet on the, on the floor. Feel the air moving around you. And start being aware of your breath going in and out. Just easy breathing, in and out. And start to kind of cancel out the feeling of who's next to you, any distractions that have been playing in your head. Just tell them to get out. In the name of Jesus, get out for a second. <laughs> and as you're aware of your breath, on your inhale, within the quietness of your own heart, I want you to speak your Father's name, your Creator, Abba. And as you exhale, I want you to return that back to Him. And within the quietness of your own heart, say, I belong to you. So inhale, Abba. Exhale, I belong to you. Inhale, Abba. Exhale, I belong to you. And keep that going. Abba, Father, you are, you are creator. You are source of life, giver of breath, God. You are in control over the things that we are not in control of, God. And we acknowledge and confess that sometimes we want to hold on to those things, God. That we want to try to take control of ourselves and white-knuckle our way through this life, God. But we know that's not how you designed it, and we are so thankful that you don't give up on us. that you still allow us breath 
and you still want to commune with us when we sometimes don't want to be with ourselves or we don't want to sit with you, God, you still say, I'm here. Come find me. And we ask that in this moment, God, if there is anyone here who still harbors tension and fear and anxiety about how they'll sound when they worship or how they'll look when they worship, God, that in the name of Jesus, you just banish that in this moment. That in this moment, that is the only, the most real thing we have right now, God, that this space is filled with the sound of your children worshiping and nothing else. God, we return this worship back to you. In Jesus' name.